Welcome to Living Water Radio. Who killed Jesus? Powerful leaders, sinful people, everybody, nobody. Today we'll get an answer from Jesus using a hen as a metaphor for God. My name is Pastor David Burkadall. My wife, Reverend Sally Welch, is co-producing this podcast. Sally is a Christian Church, Disciples of Christ, United Church of Christ ordained minister, focusing on ecumenical and interfaith ministry. I served Lutheran Christian congregations in Compton, California, and in San Dimas, California for over 40 years. Today, maintaining our yard is my gym, and I'm active as a volunteer in the leadership of the more than 100 Evangelical Lutheran Church in America congregations in our area. Between the two of us, we have over 80 years of ordained ministry experience. Check out our first Living Water Radio podcast, number zero, Welcome and Introduction, for more information about us and this podcast. We see the lethal drama of conflict played out on our news media every day. Jesus once found himself being warned to flee because a tyrant wanted to kill him. We see it in Luke chapter 13, 31 to 35, and we'll start with verse 31 to 33. At that very hour, some Pharisees came and said to him, Get away from here, for Herod wants to kill you. He said to them, Go and tell that fox for me. Listen, I am casting out demons and performing cures today and tomorrow, and on the third day I finish my work. Yet today, tomorrow, and the next day I must be on my way, because it is impossible for a prophet to be killed outside of Jerusalem was afraid that Jesus represented a threat to him and wanted to kill him as a warning to others. That would certainly be consistent with his character. He was a crafty predator, one who devalued the lives of his own family as well as those of the people he ruled. One commentator suggested the term fox might be thought of as the same as rat in our language and culture. Tyrants are tyrants from generation to generation. Margaret Mead, the anthropologist, was once asked what she thought was the first sign of human civilization in a given society. She answered, the first evidence of civilization is a healed femur, or thigh bone. A healed femur means that someone had to set the bone and provide security, hunt or gather food and carry water for the injured person while they healed, all at a personal expense to themselves. Prior to that, if you broke a femur, you died. Civilization begins when we put the needs of others ahead of our own, a very Christian concept that is rooted in the central event of the Christian faith. Jesus knew the reality of what awaited him. He would die in Jerusalem. And yet his reaction was to go toward the danger. His response was not to destroy the town, but to protect it. We continue with verse 34. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to it. How often have I desired to gather your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings, and you were not willing. Jesus was filled with sadness and resolve. He uses a seldom-seen feminine metaphor for God, that of a hen. Hens are givers. Hens produce meat and eggs that help humans live. Hens are not predators. They are prey sometimes of foxes. Yet, this is the response of God. Jesus concludes this passage with verse 35, where Jesus promises to return as a blessing. 
See, your house is left to you, and I tell you, you will not see me until the time comes when you say, Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Some say that this statement was fulfilled on Palm Sunday when Jesus rode into Jerusalem, described in Luke chapter 19, verses 37 and 38. As he was now approaching the path down from the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of the disciples began to praise God joyfully with a loud voice for all the deeds of power that they had seen, saying, Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord, peace in heaven and glory in the highest heaven. But other scholars remind us that a few days after Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem, the city was filled with cries to crucify him, and that his statement is better understood as referring to the second coming of Jesus at the end of time. Still, other scholars say it applies to both. Jesus says in Luke 13, 32, which we read a minute ago, that in three days he will complete his work. He will be on his way. He mentions the same number of days near the beginning of his three-year public ministry in the second chapter of John. After Jesus had cleansed the temple of its commercialism, he was asked for a sign or for the authority on which he had done it. He answered in John chapter 2, beginning at the 19th verse. Jesus answered them, Destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. The Jews then said, This temple has been under construction for 46 years, and will you raise it up in three days? But he was speaking of the temple of his body. After he was raised from the dead, his disciples remembered that he had said this, and they believed the scripture and the word that Jesus had spoken. No one takes Jesus' life. He gives it and then takes it back again. It is Jesus' give and take. I heard a story for which I can't find an attribution in seminary about a theory that there is life on many planets throughout the universe. God created sentient life in many forms for a living relationship with God on many of them. Most of those life forms received the personal relationship with God gladly, and there was no disobedience and fall as with Adam and Eve. On some planets, there was a fall, and God reached out to them until they returned to that living relationship with God and all was good again. In some cases, God had to come in the form of those creatures in order that they would not be afraid of him, and they received him gladly, and there was reconciliation. On one planet, however, God came in the form of the life form he had created for a personal relationship with him, and the creatures killed him. That planet was Earth. And as a result, human beings had a reputation for unfathomable violence in the universe. And when the news got around, Earth became the pariah of the universe. And that's why creatures from other planets don't come here. But would that be an accurate assessment of the actions of God and humanity? No. Human beings were the means, certainly. But who took Jesus' life? In a sense, no one did. Jesus gave his life and then took it back again. It was Jesus' give and take. Jesus says in John chapter 10, beginning at the 14th verse, I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me, just as the Father knows me and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that do not belong to this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. 
so there will be one flock, one shepherd. For this reason the Father loves me, because I lay down my life in order to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it up again. I have received this command from my Father. Jesus is not our hero. Jesus is God, and Jesus is our Savior, the Savior of the world. He gave his life to give us eternal life, and he took it back on the third day in resurrection to validate that he was who he said he was and that his death could be the means by which we might be saved. How do we know this? The most important reason is that the Holy Spirit reveals it to us, the Holy Spirit that is like streams of living water gushing up from within us unto eternal life. Eternal life that is the gift of Jesus, accomplished for us through Jesus, give and take. Today, let's remember to pray for all those who have yet to get the vaccines and the booster, because they are most at risk to themselves and to others. And let's remember to pray the Lord's Prayer sometime today, the one that Jesus taught us. If you don't know what that is, contact us at therevsdavidandsally at gmail.com or send us a tweet to at David Burkadall, and we'll send it to you. Send your prayer requests to either of the same addresses and we'll include them next time. Send your comments there as well. As always, we encourage you to stay hydrated. Open your heart to receive the living water from the source, God's self, the living presence of the one true living God, the God who gave himself on the cross so that all who believe and are baptized might be restored to the living relationship with God for which we were created. Remember your church. Identify one if you don't already have one. Ask a friend about it or a family member. Google it. Contact the pastor. When you have a church, go to or tune into the worship service they have available and support your church financially so that it will be fully functioning as we move now out of the variants and back into the new normal. Support your pastor and church leaders. Pray for them and help them in any way that you can. They're trying to find their footing. They're trying to keep everybody happy. You know how impossible that is. Support them. Pray for them. If you or a loved one are having thoughts of suicide or are struggling with mental health issues, call somebody, contact a friend or a relative, Google a local national hotline, talk with a professional, reach out. You are not alone. There are people around you who will walk with you through this dark time and into the light. Wear a mask when you're outside your home, practice social distancing, wash or sanitize your hands regularly, get your vaccine. It's the one thing you can do to keep lowering the curve and to literally save lives. Do it for the sake of others. Avoid crowds if you can, and be outside if you have to be in a crowd. Be kind to everyone you come into contact with, especially those who are sacrificing their security to provide for yours. We all struggle in some way. Be a helper and an encourager. Thank you for listening to Living Water Radio. We are here for Christians and for the people of the Los Angeles metropolitan area who are looking for a sense of Christian community, a source of hope, and a way to thrive together during this global pandemic. We hope you'll tune in next time and invite your friends to do the same. Meanwhile, Sally and I encourage you to open your hearts to receive living water, the presence of the Holy Spirit, and stay hydrated. <music>